That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Diagra Moon Losing my opinion Hey Thin Lear Hey man, oh we're just gonna go into this just naked right now with no idea of how to begin. I, I had a question for you before we get rolling here today. Okay. We're coming into, you know, the holidays are nice, but otherwise this is like the crappiest time of the year, right? Oh my God. December. Oh, I mean, I don't I don't know if I completely agree with that. I mean, Pitch it's... black by 4.15 sometimes. It's cold. It's, it's not even snowy yet. It's just rainy. That's not fun. I don't enjoy that. Is no. there music that you only enjoy or you like particularly enjoy at this time of the year? Like music you almost kind of save for when the weather is like this? Really anything to escape the the tight 15 song playlist that you hear everywhere you go. Uh, oh, sure. So you, you try to... Uh, try to block it out. The Christmas music. I have been listening to a lot of Nick Drake, which is kind uh, of to your point. Um, the depressing bit, but um, well, see for for me, Nick Drake's a fall man. Uh, I st- I want foliage. <laughs> I'm a fall man myself. Yeah, Nick Nick Drake is perfect for like mid October in my mind. Being crispy, yeah. Yeah. By this time, when it's just like rainy and gray, I, you know, I like me some some Elliot Smith. I, this time of year, I like the early stuff, like Christian Brothers. A different man's whisper. Yeah. Or I'll I'll, I'll do Cohen. I think this is Cohen season. I'll do songs from a room. Mm, that's a good. That's a good thought. There's a there's a Netflix documentary about Hallelujah, where I had it on the other day or a piece of it, and they had his version, and uh, my brother was watching. It's not it. that good. <laughs> that's exactly what my brother, my brother was like. What is this? What 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 the hell? And I was like, No, yeah, this it's is like the original crappy song. 80s production. His voice is you know very monotone. So he was doing the Casio thing. I do like everybody knows. I'll listen to the original for that. Mm, yeah, I like it rumbling my speakers. All right, let's let's plow into it here. What show is this? What are we listening to today? This is Losing My Opinion, the one, the only amazing music podcast. I am perpetually practicing indie artist Niagara Moon, a.k.a. Thomas Irwin. Practicing what? Music. Introing the show? No, I, I've been slouching on that, clearly. <laughs> no, bass, keyboard, producing, practicing. whatever you got. I'm always working uh, on the craft. That's interesting. I would say I'm perpetually writing indie artists, Thin Lear, aka Matt Longo. When I say writing, I don't mean necessarily good stuff, but I am perpetually writing. I, I'm never practicing. <laughs> the only practice no. I get in is I'm kind of lumping it all songwriting. in. Yeah, I'm practicing songwriting. That's what I do. I should be practicing <laughs> my scales, certainly. I don't mm. know if I've ever had a period of nah. life where I've done that. Uh, you're making me remember my classical piano lessons. I had a very austere teacher. He was great, but he was very like, you don't screw around when you come into his class. Mm. It's kind of like how I am with this podcast, right? Like I'm, I'm like the stern one, you know, the taskmaster. Taskmaster. <laughs> taskmaster. Um, this, this is the only music podcast on Spotify, right? That's what you correct. told me before we started this. This is the only one, the one, the only, you know it, you love it. I have no idea what to expect. So mm-hmm. I don't know what you plan for me today. No, we don't even know why we're talking to each other half the time. Yeah, yeah I just want to take a nap. <laughs> you remember our T-Rex episode? I do. So, like, I was thinking, I really love glam rock. 
I love that period from like 71 to 76. A lot of bands I wanted to eventually cover in some capacity on this um, only music podcast on Spotify. Uh, so I was listening to Mott the Hoople. So I was like, oh, maybe I can talk about these fellows. Have you, have you heard of them? I know all the young dudes and I know that it's a Bowie cover, but their right. version is the most famous. But otherwise, I kind of don't know their deal. It's like, yeah. I don't know what their own songs are like. Okay, that, that's a that's a good intro to what this podcast will be about today. So I was listening to that title track, right? That's off their record, All the Young Dudes, which is a classic. There's, there's more than one great song on that uh, record. But I was listening to it and thinking, it's a David Bowie song. Why on earth did he not record this song and release it himself? Like, it is so thoroughly a David Bowie song. It's, it's not anybody else's song. Like, Ian Hunter, great singer. It's him impersonating... David Bowie on that song. Right. Like once you hear Bowie's version of it, you're like, and I'm, I'm not the Hoople fan, but like they did not do a whole lot to alter that. I feel like I've heard Bowie do it. So was it just, he recorded it, but didn't release it. And maybe that's what the band was working off of. I don't know if it was probably, a demo or. Yes, probably. But like, you know, there was sort of no, there's, there's no alteration. It's exactly the same. Kind of just note for note, like everything, the whole vibe. Yeah. They just maybe it was of, just a favor. He, he was friends with them. He's like, hey, see if you guys uh, can use this to help your careers, right? It, it seemed like he they were at a point of bankruptcy and he was doing it to save the band. But you have to think most songwriters are somewhat selfish with their art, right? Unless, unless you are a Carole King or whatever for a period of your life or for your whole career where you're writing for others. If you have a flourishing career where you're releasing your own music, why are you yeah. giving away these big hits? You want to save the best music for yourself. Sure. You want your name on that hit. Yeah. So here's a tentative title for today's episode. Why did they give these away? Mm. These are a handful of tunes written by popular artists and then just handed over to other artists to have hits with when they are so obviously hits. Like, it's not like, oh, the person didn't know what they had. Like, All the Young Dudes is a hit. Sure. Anyone could listen to that and be like, yeah, this is a huge song. Um, a few caveats here. I'm going to sidestep songs that became hits, but were written clearly with like another artist vibe in mind. So like uh, nothing compares to you, right? Uh, okay. That is maybe one of my favorite Prince songs. But to me, it's obviously not a song that would maybe fit on one of his records. I think he knew this is going to be for somebody else. He knew Save It for Sinead or whatever. Right. Uh, doesn't have his vibe. Another one, which is, this is hilarious. I, I wasn't even aware of this. Uh, did you know that Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits wrote uh, Private Dancer? the Tina Turner song. Did not know that. That's fun. <laughs> he was a behind the scenes guy though. That was kind yeah. of his thing. He did some of that. Uh, that is kind of crazy though, that he wrote that song. I, I don't see that popping up on a Dire Straits record though, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Not a good fit. Now, another note. So uh, these are also songs that were for the most part given away like in mint condition. So like what you said about the demo, for all these tunes, or, or 90% of them, there are demos that sound more or less completely identical to the final versions, like in a sort of mind-boggling way. Hmm. Um, so I want to dig into, I want to get your opinion on if you agree that they should have kept it, that it is their own voice. And then I also want to know, just operationally from the podcast management perspective, are we listening to the demo versions or the completed versions or a little snippet of each? Like what's what would you rather? Let's dig just into? start hearing the covers and let's see what it feels like. It makes most sense. Like how much we need to lay the groundwork, but okay. I want to just start hearing tunes. Yeah. 
let's let's start with the tune we were talking about because I don't think a lot of our listeners maybe they might know that song they might not. Let's start with all the young dudes. So David Bowie never released like officially released a version of the song himself. It was only just included in some anthology. Type it's of it's thing? yeah, that's the official release. Is it okay. is it? I first heard it when it came out on um, the Aladdin Sane expanded version. So Mott the Hoople, all the young dudes. What year did this song come out? Oh, 72. Yes. Yeah, this is prime peak glam rock years here. And he gave, Bowie gave away a large number of songs. You know, that's a fact. He just I, had a lot of songs. A lot of tunes. And I think there are more that we don't even completely know about in terms of who did the actual songwriting. Like you look at like, you know, Lou Reed's Transformer. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like there's some songwriting Satellite credits. Satellite of Love. There's a lot of chords <laughs> in there. Of- I don't think Lou Reed got that far in music theory class. <laughs> did we talk about this before? I mean, like... Perfect day. Like, those don't sound like Lou Reed changes to my ear. Get out of here. Like, I love Lou Reed, but come on. That's a co-write. Lou Reed doing karaoke. (laughs) That's that's a co-write, if I've ever heard one. Satellite of Love, it's like you hear Bowie, like, struggling to not take over. And then Iggy Pop, same thing. That's like... (laughs) Same deal, but at least Bowie took the songwriting credit on those records. He was like, all right, I'm not going to give you Lust for Life for free here. Maybe he learned his lesson. Mott the Hoople. Why did they call themselves Mott the Hoople? I don't know. It's an odd choice. A bit of rap talk, not about a suicide. I'd kick it in the head when he was 25. Speed jive. God, even the voice is similar. When you're 25. And when you're stealing clothes from Marks and Sparks And Freddy's got spots from ripping up the stars From his face It's, it's very Damon Albarn, like right? Yeah, it's a mix of that and Ziggy Stardust Ooh, yeah, I'm hearing the blur of it all Alright, so let's, let's pause that, actually Let's pause that Because you said that there's something that is not I think, I, st- I still like their version I feel like you like it less But like Let's listen to... I mean, I was enjoying that. I was just... It was weird to be told that it's not David Bowie. I'm like, it's just a weird imitation. I mean, it's still like, if this is the official version, I'll take it. Let's listen to Bowie's original. This is the demo, y'all. Okay. This is the demo. This is the unpolished. Yeah. Yeah. But when you listen to it... the studio version. It it feels like the reverse. Um, This tune is like 100% true blue like a quintessential glam rock song. This could have been, and I feel like still kind of is, one of Bowie's signature songs. Like it kind of became that anyway because he would play it later in life at like greatest hits. Dudes. Yeah, like packages. that's his warble there. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And you hear it, like I feel like it with his voice on it, it fits like a glove. And it makes me think like, why'd you give it away? All right. Yeah, let's hear the original. Uh, I'm guessing same year. All the Young Dudes. Gotta love Mick Ronson. Yeah, now we're home. Yeah. It's just right. It just feels right. Where everything's like a question. 
Television man is crazy Saying we're juveniles delinquent wrecks Man, I need a TV when I've got TV wrecks Hey brother, you guess Yeah, I mean, like, what are you doing giving this away? You know, you really have to be a generous fellow. To... He, he was churning them out in this era, especially anyway. I guess he had one to spare for a friend. I have too many classic songs right now. It's a real problem. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to give them Suffragette City. He wanted them to record that. I don't like that song. Give him Suffragette City. I don't really care for that That's, one. I, don't, I disagree, but, but still, it's, it's crazy. He's a madman. That's nuts. Yeah. All right, let's 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 take it a, in, in a different direction here. All right. So I think I think you know this one too. I love Badfinger, right? I'm like a big sure. Badfinger proponent. But come and get it. This is mm-hmm. a pure Paul McCartney song through and through. It is kind of in in my mind, it's the best Beatles song that they wrote during their tenure and didn't actually record as a band. Um, I get why Paul gave this song away. Uh, Badfinger, who were then known as the Ivies, they were on Apple Records, and Paul's like, yeah, you have to record this song <laughs> to be successful. Um, record it exactly as it is, because I know it's going to be a hit. So he like produced it, he played tambourine on it. Like He was probably um, really on top of them. You know, Knowing how he is in the studio, you can imagine mm. it was probably like they had to hit things exactly as he suggested. You got to listen to him. So I understand why he gave it away, but this is just like a different band playing a McCartney song under his tutelage. And I think Badfinger, they do somewhat sound like this power pop kind of world that McCartney is in, but even this tune that they did is different than than their other uh, singles and album tracks. Yeah, I love this one. So No big surprise, this is like one of my favorite Badfinger songs. <laughs> Have you heard McCartney's? I haven't heard McCartney sing this. It's just like a studio demo. It, well, let's let's just listen to McCartney's then, because I feel like let me share that one with you. I feel like you. Now wait. So we sure we don't want to play a little bit of the Bad Finger version hey, just to get go people for it. In yeah, the, I think we right. should. I let's think we let's should. let's uh, lay down. You know, maybe we'll do a minute of the Bad Finger version. You get a sense, and and we uh, compare and contrast here. Yeah. <laughs> if you want it. If you want it anytime, I can give it. But you better hurry, cause it may not last. Did I hear you say that? that oh, that part, yeah. <laughs> Will you walk away from a fool and his money? Fool and his money. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like a. It's a pop smart bomb right there. It's just like. All right. So that's Badfinger. Yes. All right. Correct. So with that in mind, switching over to Paul now. This is a quote unquote studio demo. Red light. Demo take one. <laughs> if you want it, here it is. Come and get it. A little slower. Mm-hmm. Am I? 
Yeah, I mean, it's like... <laughs> You do miss the vocal harmony here. Sure. Yeah. I mean, even the bass slide is in there, you know. Yeah. And he probably just conceived of this and recorded everything in like an afternoon one day. Yeah. It's not even working on Let It Be or whatever. <laughs> That's good stuff. It's pretty great. Uh, but, you know, th- with that one, I understand why he gave it away. But it's like a little bit insulting. Like, you just, you have hits to give away. I mean, that that was gold, what we just heard there. <laughs> I got too many hit songs. I got to get rid but of them. But they, they owned Apple Records, right? So if you have a band that's doing well on your label, sure. You know, whether it's a song you wrote for them or not, hey, it's good business. I, so I guess I see that angle. That's a good point. Yeah, it is kind of... It's still it's slightly more self-serving than the Bowie thing where it's just like what what are you doing? We're going to go in a very different direction now. All right. So, uh Carol King. I know Carol King was exclusively writing songs for others for years and years. Uh crazy. Here, here's my point though. So, she uh recorded a demo of this this song. Uh it's called Wasn't Born to Follow, which was a, a hit by the Birds and and uh Part of the soundtrack to Easy Rider, probably one of the most famous scenes in Easy Rider when they're, you know, riding their bikes <laughs> on the road. Do they do uh, that in that movie? They do a little bit of it. Yeah. Okay. In between hanging out with Phil Spector. Yeah, they do a little bit of that. I mean, she wrote this in like, I think it was 68. She did this demo around the same time. Then the birds recorded it for, and it was on the soundtrack. She was only a few years out from recording Tapestry. Like, why not hold on to this song? You know, like what you, you, she's close enough where she must have been like, I need to start stockpiling for my own jam here. Yeah. Uh, and I totally prefer her original version. You might disagree here, but let's let's okay. listen to the birds version I just shared. I don't know if I've ever heard either, so I'm I'm going in fresh for this one. Finally, something I haven't heard of on the show. <laughs> All right, here we go. Wasn't born to follow the Boyds. I'd rather go and journey where the diamond crescent's glowing And run across the valley beneath the sacred mountain And wander through the forest Where the trees have leaves of prisms And break the light in colors that no one knows the names of Yeah, I'm only kind of into this it is just very much a bird's sound. You know, they, they, they birdified it. I like it fine. I like this version fine. This is the one where the album cover is three of them and then a horse because they, David Crosby left, so they yeah. had to find another ass to yeah, put so on the cover. Yeah, so he turned into a horse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a flange coming in. Yeah. Oh, what's happening to us? All right. Um, All right I got yeah. the idea there. Yeah, you get the idea. And and that's stopping there is probably a good point because it's like that version to me, I, I like it, it's fine, but it's like more of a stoned reverie kind of yeah. thing. It's like very much of its time. This demo, I think, transcends the time period. Oh, is this when she was with that band, The City? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, now that everything's been said. Hmm. 
Wait, so is this... Oh, so she released this on the, the City album. So maybe I have heard this song. Maybe. So I know this album. It's pretty damn obscure, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't think... Yeah. Uh, I wasn't born to follow. So this did get a release. Yeah, but albeit a, a very obscure one. This is how the song should be presented. So much more like awake and majestic. Might have added some vocal harmony, but still. This actually was not released. This wasn't on a city record. I was pretty sure before, but yeah. So this didn't make it to that album? Nothing. Okay. Yeah. All right. I saw the album cover. I got excited. I'm sorry, everybody who was shouting at us. Yeah. I don't even know if I love this song overall as a whole. Like, I, obviously, she wrote better stuff, but it feels like the truth of what the song should be. Like, it, you know, it feels like the intended... Yes. Direction and yes. Vibe. That's all. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, you don't have to love it. I think it's more just like, is this the song? Is it in the hands of its creator in a way that makes sense? Yeah. All right. I'm with you still. Yeah. Okay. All right. These have so, all been good examples. Great. Thank you. Uh, this is, we're going to go in another direction now. I'm torn with these songs. Do we ever go in the same direction? Never. We keep going in these other directions. Different directions. Yeah. Okay. But really, what's going to happen is we're going to just go in a circle which I think is mostly what I do in this podcast. Yeah, we've done like three 90-degree turns in a row. We're coming up on. <laughs> anyway. A lot of angles. I'm all about the angles. Uh, I'm torn with these songs I'm sharing with you now. It's from the same songwriter, uh, Mr. Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I'm torn mm. about these songs because I really love the versions done by other artists more than the original demos, but I, it's in some intangible way. Like, they're not so far from what the demos were, but there's just something about the other artists doing them that imbues them with life in a way mm. that the other examples, like, we didn't get. Having okay. said that, like, maybe he just needed some more time to cook them in the studio. You know, this first tune we'll listen to is called Fire. Not I'm on Fire, but Fire, another fire, flame-related uh, song <laughs> that he wrote uh, during this period. Um, he gave this tune, it was a demo, he gave it to the Pointer Sisters, and they absolutely crushed it. Like, I think this probably is like maybe the best version that we have here mm -hmm. today. Um, check it out. I, I doubt you've heard the song. All right. I haven't heard the original or whatever, the Br Bruce's version either. I'm not really, this one's not ringing a bell. Mm -hmm. is, it, is it worth uh, comparing them or can I imagine what Bruce's, like, is well, it just him doing his, his No, it's a full band or? thing. It's All him right. doing his thing. But listen to the listen to the Pointer Sisters first. I All think right. you'll like this. All right, I'm going in. I'm gonna just try to listen to this like I don't know that it's uh, a cover or written by uh, Bruce. Okay. This is, this is the world of the Pointer Sisters. Yes. Looks like this is '80s. Yes. Oh, I'm seeing '81 here.
Factory, yeah, that's the only. Uh, no, well, they're driving from a factory. Like is what you don't know about the song, yeah. But you know I'm a liar. When we kiss, ooh, fire. Late at night, you're taking me Yeah, this is like 80s Motown. It's got just classic, exactly well constructed Motown vibes. Yeah, I don't need Bruce on this one. I'm, I'm fine hearing this interpretation of it. Yeah, okay, so this. Ooh. Hello. Monster Bridge. Yeah. Sounds like Rocky Horror Picture Show now. Yeah, Bruce was listening to a lot of Rocky Horror at this point in his career. He'd actually dress up like Riff Raff while he was uh, writing those tunes. So you don't want to he hear the... He shaved his head for the part. <laughs> he yeah. shaved his head for it. Uh, do you, you don't want to hear the Bruce version. I'll do it. Why not? We're, we're here. Let's okay. Just in case it might surprise me. It's, it won't, but okay. I'll play it for you anyway. I mean, the thing is, like, you know, listener, when you hear it, like, all the elements are still there. Like, it's, it's very much the same. It's just, it's missing... The, I don't know, now, the vibe. You're talking about Bruce giving away original songs. I thought you were going to talk about the one he gave to Southside Johnny. What's it, Hearts of Stone? <laughs> no. no, well, the other one I'm going to talk about is the one he gave away to Patti Smith. Oh, man, he was just slinging them. Well, he wrote so much. He was compulsively writing all the time, so I kind of get why. And he was a nice dude, too. So I got, that, that makes sense to me. Oh, you take this one. Hey, I'm man, forward. I got a great song for you. I'm working on the river. It's already 30 fucking tracks <laughs> long. Here, you take this. This song's about cars, and then other songs about cars. And this one's about stolen cars. <laughs> this one's about car. highways. And also this love. So this is Bruce Bruce Springsteen, the, the writer of Fire. Uh, was this released, or is this uh, a demo deal? Uh, this is a demo deal. Uh, there's a great like demo compilation sort of called The Promise, where it has just a bunch of unreleased songs, and you're just like, oh my God, it's an embarrassment of riches. There's like 10 classic songs on that record. I'm driving in my car I turn on the radio I'm pulling you close You just say no You say you don't like it But girl, I know you're alive Doing an Elvis thing here. Cause when we keep on fire, well, late at night, that bass is hella chunky though, I'll tell you what. Very chunky bass. But yeah, no, the Pointer Sisters just kind of yeah. knocked it out of they the get, park. They give it some more life. Yeah. Um, I was going to show you, I was, I was torn between that one and Because the Night, the Patti Smith song, 
but uh, uh, we'll stop with the Brews for a second. I want to end on a different one, but yeah, that's okay. another one. Patty Smith's version is like she did a great job. Oh yeah, no, you give a song to Patty to interpret, she'll probably surpass <laughs> the original. That's a pretty. <laughs> she also thing. like wrote different lyrics to it and stuff. Like she definitely was like, I'm not just. Oh yeah, this down. Gloria. Like what the oh, hell is she so... doing with that one? That's she's quite like, different. We need to do an episode about her cover songs, which are so unique her approach to covering songs it's like she could not give less of a shit about the original faithfulness yeah no no. like her version of hey joe is just like it's just a different song than hey joe i mean it's just not even the same wheelhouse all right so this last one we're gonna listen to i didn't want to leave us hanging on prince you know i brought him up earlier and he did he's known to give away his tunes so this one is uh, a, a version by the Bangles of a song he wrote called Manic Monday. This is like teetering on the edge of what Prince would do in his own catalog. Like it's a bit bubblegum for him. Like I know he's got Raspberry Beret and stuff, so that's why I, I was just say, about it's, to say yeah. it's, it's right on the edge. Like this could be a Raspberry Beret, but this is the Bangles version All first. Right. I, I think I've heard this before, but I'm not Probably. quite sure. Let's find out. I would guess you have. you hear this, you're like, I'm not hearing much Prince here. No, I'm not. Well, I hear that. The well, that's 1999. <laughs> <laughs> They gave it a little more jangle. A little more jangle. Check out the, the, the demo version. All right. And uh, this one this is another one. I'm, I'm sort of on the fence. Like, I think maybe he did the right thing here, but there are others who might disagree. Okay. I'm telling you that verse, at least, that's just, that's the 1999 verse <laughs> with just a smidge different. Right. He's really stepping on his own toes. Yeah, it's a little more, it's a little folkier yeah. than you would usually do. I mean, it's Prince. He could have pulled it off, but yeah. the Bengals clearly had something to add to it. Yeah, I think maybe he had the right idea on this one. I- Interesting. Interesting concept for an episode today. Interesting concept. Mm. See, who did you bring up? You brought up Bruce Springsteen, Prince, Carol King, David Bowie. These are all people famous for just like churning out like a hundred hits, <laughs> just constantly writing and always like changing up what they're doing. Like, I think that's the thing. 
And McCartney. None of these people are slouchers. Oh, yeah, McCartney, Jesus, the, the fifth one. These are all people like notorious for having a huge catalog and hit after hit after hit. Right. So all these people probably just figured they had some some love to spare. You yeah, know? why not? I already have 20 platinum records. Uh, yeah, we're not talking about any neutral milk hotel situation here. <laughs> yeah. Like these people had plenty of albums just fine. Yeah, yeah Jeff Mangum wasn't writing I Will Survive, giving that one away. Uh, another small note here. We're going to do a separate episode on songs that were written for someone else and then kept by the artist because the intended singer passed on it. And this was inspired by, I was reading that uh, Bowie's Golden Years, he wrote it for Elvis. Did not know that. And that would be Uh, That would have been awesome. I I think it would be great. That would have worked, yeah. Uh, But that'll be a shocking shocking episode. I saved some songs for for that. Holy moly. Well, what have you been listening to this week? Losing my opinion. You've been writing hits for for others. Can hardly write them for myself. I got. I need every note I can generate. Yeah, I'm not giving away any tunes over here. Yeah, I got nothing to spare. This uh, the music today. I haven't heard any of it. This is one of those where I, I want us to both go in fresh. Just okay. get our honest on the spot reactions. Um, we've done this kind of segment before. Hollywood hack or artiste. I want to listen to uh, music made, like written, not just, oh, this actor sings a song and they have a pretty voice. No, this is music created or at least co-created and performed by people who are definitely actors first and foremost. Okay. You you know them from the screen, but these people that we're going to listen to have taken their shot at the the music scene, you know, releasing records, being, being musical artists. And uh, are they any good or not? This is where we most shine on the algorithm, I feel, is uh-huh. if, if the algorithm wanted us to be uh, one kind of podcast, that we, we would just be talking about different actor musicians. So I'm, I'm always vanity down. vanity projects. <laughs> the vanity project show. Yeah, I would, I, yeah, I'm always down for one of these. They're pretty fun because uh, Hollywood has a lot of big personalities, a lot of people with big ideas. Sometimes those ideas... Uh, don't quite translate correctly when uh, there's no cameras involved. Shocking to me how many actors I just discover through the show have like fully fledged artistic yeah. music careers. I mean, the Joe Pesci one, that was just like, Ooh, I don't rough. think I'll ever forget that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've talked about a, a few different folks here so far. Steven Seagal, you know, we compared him to, to the music of Bruce Willis, uh, Crispin Glover, you know, we covered him. We talked about Russell Crowe. What 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 criteria do we have usually? Like, what makes for a good example of what we're talking about here? When when, when does it work? Good. Do you mean like we like the music? We like it, or it just it seems like worthwhile versus just dumb. Uh, Crispin Glover. I think his was like he was doing like they might be giants kind of a thing. So yeah, what what made his work? It was just more distinct, you know. Or, or David Lynch. I mean, I, yeah. Oh, I David think Lynch. Just, yep. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it might sound flippant to say, oh, they're not trying to be good or something like that. They're just they're having fun. Quote unquote, yeah, they're yeah. just enjoying themselves. Like, that's what I think okay. makes it fun to listen to. I mean, Russell Crowe sounded like he was really into 30-odd-foot grunts, but that was some that's fair. big old dog shite there. So I don't know. <laughs> you know. All right, so p- people who aren't too self-conscious, who are maybe willing mm. to experiment and they have some amount of – talent or true reason to be there we could yeah, say yeah because it's very rare that we're gonna have you know carol king 
it's just like just so happens to be on like a show on the CW or something. Like it's just it's not a direction I think a songwriter is a true songwriter is not going to like just find themselves in that world. You can only do so many things in life. It's already hard enough to be a professional actor, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't there's not too many unheralded like, "Oh my goodness, can you believe that yeah. uh, you know, John Travolta is like an incredible flautist." <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's just very rare. Is there an example of that of someone who You tell me. Maybe uh one of the people I'm going to talk about today. Okay. Uh so we're going to we're going to start with I don't have high hopes for this one. I'm going to say that right. out of the gate, but That's this good. is one of the more prolific artists uh, musically speaking. Are we talking about Steven Seagal again? No, 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 no. We're talking uh, probably about an equally difficult personality. Uh we can maybe make that comparison, but Billy Bob Thornton Oh my God. So <laughs> I don't actually know what the music sounds like, but we all know the famous interview mm-hmm. that he gave with, what's the band? The Box Tops? What's the, what's the name of the band? So his band, the Box Masters. That's his <laughs> band, Masters. the Box Masters. Yeah. He was on some Canadian radio show. Yes. Yeah, so it was on a Canadian radio show. It's like Q or whatever. And he, it's, it's like performance art. This interview is just, it's one of the best. It's, it's like the reason YouTube exists is for you to watch this interview where he just, he gets so mad because they refer to him as an actor. And what? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's good. Isn't, that's a little infuriating when it's like, oh, you're, you're a band, you play shows. Oh, people actually show up. Why is that? Oh, cause you're fucking famous for being in like 20 different movies. And people are like, well, what's this deal with this band? But you don't acknowledge the fact that the only reason you have any legs is because of your film just career. Just do it in yeah. a tactful way. Say, yeah. You know, just say, say like, yes. Yeah, and I'm and doing then, this too. Isn't that funny? Right, yeah. Just move on. You know, like you can make it about, you, you just have to. Yeah. yeah do, you can do a 30-second Sling Blade impression on stage. It's not going to hurt anything. <laughs> this is even, an, it wasn't even on stage. This is like an interview. They were supposed to uh, do a, a performance in-house and he was like, no, I didn't bring my drums. <laughs> <laughs> Loser. Uh, yeah. He screams like personality disorder. Uh, you can hear like Terry Zwigoff, director of Bad Santa, telling stories about just how impossibly difficult and upsetting it was to work with him making that movie. And just he's, he's a big old sack of no fun. But who knows? A lot of musicians have very difficult personalities. Maybe this, there will be something here. He has a ton of albums, uh, both as himself and with the Boxmasters. Mm. He's still chugging along. It's been like over 20 years of output here. So wow. uh, we could check something out here. I've never heard any of his songs. I don't even know what his singing voice is like. This could be half decent. Okay. So I figured, why don't we listen to the song Angelina? Poor Angelina Jolie having to be married to this guy for three years. Uh, the, the song is from 2001. So uh, he was he was big into Miss Jolie at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from his first album called Private Radio. The song is Angelina. Let's, uh, let's see what all the fuss is about here. Yeah, start the music video with aimless band practice. I'm a musician, see? Said you wanted to be with me 
can't have it all But something changed that day inside me And I believe it changed inside you too Yeah, Angelina Can you feel it? Watch the angels as they're dancing up above Angelina What's come between us? I'm disappointed This is uh, not what I was expecting He's really not trying for much They all said we'd never Okay, so a couple things One, this video is like basically 100% a tight shot of like his eyeballs and forehead just so, given the camera bedroom eyes yeah i i'm kind of shocked by that because his whole thing during the the interview fiasco was like oh this is about the band and the music not me and then the video is 100% his face but that and, and, and i guess the music i thought was going to be like um rockabilly or something i don't know why yeah, I mean, hey, the interview. he's got a bajillion albums. Maybe he goes into that style. I just picked one at random, you know. This sure. seemed to be a bigger hit of his, if we can sure. assess it on that level. Uh, yeah, that, that was pretty underwhelming. There was not a lot of originality there. It's kind of the worst case scenario where it's like just good enough to be mediocre, so it's like so forgettable. It's not, yeah, yeah. it's not bad. It's just, you know, it's like a... Tom Petty knockoff B-side, you know, yeah, it's like it, yeah. it's of that. It's it's what is this nineties? Like it, it definitely has that. Yeah, no, two thousand one. So basically, yeah. okay. And yeah. uh, co-written by Randy Scruggs. That's probably someone famous. I'm not familiar with with him, but I know Earl Scruggs. I don't know Randy Scruggs. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that's that. I don't know. Maybe if if somebody's a big Billy Bob fan out there who knows like the perfect song of his to listen to i'll I'll give it another shot but i'm not expecting much yeah no it wasn't bad it's just um yeah it wasn't wasn't worth it in my mind uh so we're gonna move on we're we're going uh in another direction now we're going to look at (laughs) man we're going all over the place today we're gonna look at a band called dead man's bones okay so this is actually a good record (laughs) I would, who's, I would, who's the celebrity? Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. This record, it's it's pretty good. Like I I remember hearing it. it way back when. He's got an interesting singing voice. It's not like his speaking voice. It's obviously you know it's affected, and he's 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 going for something. The instrumentation is like pretty interesting. It sounds homespun. It sounds DIY for someone who could you know rent out Abbey Road for three months to work on something. Uh. It's it's enjoyable. It's like a um, what is this like two thousand seven or something? Like it's all right. So, Dead Man's Bones. It's uh, Ryan Gosling and a gentleman named Zach Shields. I was just reading about it. I'm already picking up on the vibe that Ryan Gosling just had a good sense for people and talent, and was like, I'm gonna be in my corner and do this, and you do cool things. You do cool things. You do. like he seemed like a good team player. In in that sense, like I, I'm mm. already anticipating that he, he let creative people do interesting things around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, the album's from 2009. Mm. Uh, is it just called Dead Man's Bones? Is that the album too? I, the I song think so. is uh, In the Room Where You Sleep. Yeah, that's a good one to listen a little, to. A little spooky, a little ominous. Uh, apparently, he was in the movie uh, The Conjuring. Yeah, it's like a, I think he was an intentional sort of Halloween like vibe. 
to the whole record and it's it's just it's oh yeah fun. the cover everybody's it's like a group photo everybody's in a halloween costume yeah uh i mean the entire album is a collaboration with the silver lake conservatory children's choir started by red hot chili peppers bassist flea i didn't know that uh gosling performs under the alias baby goose all right so we're we're, we're in good. quirky land here this this should be some some uh this sounds like this is gonna be fun it doesn't feel like he's taking himself super seriously on yeah. On the music, but it's and it's also there. There is just like with Crispin Glover and and uh, David Lynch, there is an artistic quality to it. Um, you know, he's got he's got his own voice. It's like sort of Tiny Tim through the through the lens of two uh, thousands indie. All right. Well, I've never heard it before. We'll listen to it now. I hope it doesn't actually stink. That would make it awkward. Obviously, we're going to disagree. That's fine. We disagree sometimes on this show. Here goes nothing, in the room where you sleep. Nice creepy ambient intro. Exactly how you described it. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. This is perfect Halloween party music. Cool drums. That goes yeah. a long way. This is cool orchestration, instrumentation. the first actor song we actually like yeah that's like real music it does it's right the david lynch thing came close but that came close that's exactly how i feel about this album is that i think of it as real music and like that's why i forgot about it when we've ever spoken about actor records like i never bring this one up because i just lump it in with like actual music actual records it it doesn't sound like a vanity project it sounds like a collaboration between a bunch of creative people and one of those people happens to be gosling yeah right huh all right doing good that was good that's the best we've ever done with this i think so it's probably the best we'll ever do and that record is I, i think pretty good throughout and if you if you can hear him do um he sings in blue valentine he does a great job singing uh, in that movie. I haven't seen the Barbie movie, but I heard he sings in that as well. Wow. Okay. You should just become a Ryan Gosling uh, appreciation podcast. Just talk about... I, everybody likes Gosling. Yeah. When does he ever let you down? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, we might like this last one too. Is it, I'm, I'm getting the sense this is... Uh, comedy music this is supposed to be funny and it's it is uh Uh-oh. by a very funny supposed no, to be <laughs> no but i think it will because it's by a very funny person who everybody loves how can you hate this guy rick moranis whoa okay i i don't understand I, I've, I've never heard that he made music before 
Yep. Rick Moranis. Uh, you know him, you love him. Or maybe you never heard of him. I don't know how old you are. I do love him. Famous Canadian comedian, uh, SCTV member, uh, Ghostbusters, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, and then he left uh, his acting career in the late 90s uh, to raise his children after his wife tragically passed. So, you know, all around stand-up guy. Apparently has at least three albums. Uh, but I'm going to read you these titles and you, you're going to get a sense. Uh, we're, we're, this is probably closer to Weird Al or something more than anything else. Uh, 1989, his album, You, Me, The Music, and Me. Uh, 2005, the agoraphobic cowboy. That's very funny. That's that's <laughs> underrated funny. That's, that's you got to think about that one. Yeah, uh, 2013, his most recent album, My Mother's Brisket and Other Love Songs. So we're probably doing like an Alan Sherman thing here, for all I know. This is great. But uh, and yeah, I guess he sings in uh, Little Shop of Horrors, right? That's a big role of his. Yeah, and he does a great job in that. Yeah. So let's see. I want to do a tune from the Gorephobic Cowboy. Just I love that title. Uh, he's got a song called "I Ain't Going Nowhere." So I don't know if this is a, a riff off of the the Dylan song "You Ain't Going Nowhere" or what. But uh, I have high hopes. Sure. I think this should be a fun one. I'm excited to hear it. I, I, he's extremely talented. For people who don't know his SCTV days, it's just like, yeah, the man has many uh, sides to him. Yeah, I don't even, I know he sings. I don't really even know what instrument he plays. Probably guitar. Hmm. Yeah. I never go nowhere, man. I never go nowhere. Traffic's oh, bad okay. out there, man. I'm saving wear and tear. I like conditioned air, man. I never go nowhere. I go upstairs, downstairs, yeah, backyard, lawn chairs, living room, bathroom, bedroom, furnace room, hot tub, cedar deck, fill a fire, wash, dryer, pantry, patio, barter, roma, video, cold cellar, rec room, ping pong, mahjong, beer count, wear, then speed dial order, and I ain't going nowhere, man, I ain't going nowhere. That's good. It's dangerous That's, out there, yeah. man, might have been a big bomb scare. Hard to get off of this easy chair, I ain't going nowhere. Is this better than the Gosling one? I'm going now. Not necessarily... Artistically, <laughs> okay. I think it's good. It's good concepts, great execution. <laughs> I didn't realize he was a little parody songster. I, I do wonder if he writes like truly original tunes too, or ever tries to be more earnest. But he might not release them. I think if you're going to write a song of that quality, I'm not saying it's like an amazing song, but like if you're going to write a, a tune of that quality, you have to have written some serious songs. I don't think you can just jump straight away to parody yeah. music. No, yeah, he sounded like he knew what, what he was doing behind the mic. Yeah, yeah, uh, that that one I might revisit. I, I uh, that's surprising. Was a chuckle there. <laughs> oh boy! Wow. So this week we came out. Uh, on top here, I mean, besides Billy Bob's nonsense, that, that was a pretty strong showing today. Oh, that was great. That, that was the, the best one that we've done. I think if you, if you, if we wanted to do like the titans of actors who make music, we got Gosling in there, we got uh, Rick Moranis, we got Crispin Glover, David uh, Lynch. I don't know, Crispin Glover. You would, it's too novelty? <laughs> that's, that's, right. that's performance art. Performance art of Crispin Glover. David Lynch is in there. And then John Carpenter, we're not even counting. Because it's just too good. That's that's another deal altogether. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Well, yeah, I think we both learned the same thing on that note. These, uh, yeah. these are the ones to watch. <laughs> this is the Losing My Opinion ones to watch. To watch. Mm-hmm. The Rick Moranis record from 2005. Yeah. And Ryan Gosling's album from 2009. Uh-huh. Keep your eyes open for these for these kids. <laughs> for these upstanding young citizens. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, do we have anything to plug? You don't. Uh, Niagara Moon, we got another show just a few days from now, Friday, December 8th, at Hawks and Reed in Greenfield, Massachusetts. It's going to be fun. Uh, we open for the Eleanor Levine Band uh, and others. It's a special Hanukkah-themed show. My partner's Jewish, so I... I that counts. Um, it's going to be a good time. Uh, c- come check it out if you're in the area. And you got nothing, huh? You're always so busy releasing, recording. I do actually have a show. I forgot to... I knew it. So on Friday, I'm playing at the Folk Project in Morristown, New Jersey. Friday night. December 8th. Um, I don't believe that it's Hanukkah-themed, but I guess my presence there can make it hanukkah theme. <laughs> Does this mean the listener's going to have to choose between your show or my show? Mm-hmm. Those listeners who live oh, between Massachusetts and Jersey. Yeah. Oh, man. Where are you going to drive? Yeah. Yeah. See where your allegiance lies. Uh, that sounds fun, though. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, if all you want to do is just keep listening to the show, that is jolly good by me. Uh, you should subscribe so you never miss a future episode. You can also follow... Losing my opinion on Instagram, TikTok, or X. 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 I feel like everyone collectively is just like, we're not going to call it X. Yeah, but we're still going to use it, aren't we? It's not going nowhere. Yeah. What is the new one? Threads or some shit? They should call Tesla um, Twitter. You should change the name of Tesla Ooh. to Twitter. Just kind of have it keep funneling down. Just, yeah, keep mixing them all around. You're not using your threads? Are we on threads on Losing My Opinion? I ain't on threads. I don't want to learn a new thing. Talking about how to make other artists successful. I feel like threads is like producers talking about how other artists should, can be successful by buying their tutorial. Oh, man. The second you step foot anywhere on the internet, then you're going to run into that shit. Uh, Listen, if anyone, is, if anyone out there is like looking to make music or, or Listen. You know, do their own thing in music, do not, do not follow these people that are spending all their time telling you how that you can be successful in music. Cause if they were, they'd not be spending their time talking about how to be successful in music. They'd just be making it. Bam. Or even if it's whatever, just you, there's plenty of great things to learn and advice and all that. Just, you don't have to pay for it. Yeah. Don't it's the internet. Just subscribe. You'll to just get it through osmosis. You don't need to be shown at 200 bucks a pop or whatever. It's craziness. So PSA from here. Here at uh, Losing My yeah, Opinion, fr- we have all friends, the answers. Your friends here, that's why you should subscribe to our yeah. show. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, each week we give you- Sign up for our premiere subs- membership uh, subscription. Premier membership, yeah. Yeah. Patreon, anyway. we give you uh, yeah advice on one how day. to- We should have a Patreon one day. Release techno tracks. Oh, yeah. Let's wrap it up here. Uh, I, uh, I came forth with the expectation that at least Billy Bob Thornton uh, would not have much to offer in the music department. I feel like I was vindicated. I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. It's a lot of gusto. I'll say with less gusto. So long, suckers. We'll see you next week. I ain't going nowhere, man. Never gonna go nowhere. It's a bungle jungle out there, man. Some kid got mauled by a bear. Surround sound in my own lair. I ain't